You are listening to Your Money Story. I am Dawn Thomas, a mother of three, financial advisor by day, and a PhD candidate researching superannuation engagement. Your Money Story is about celebrating your journey, including you in the money conversation, empowering you to take control of your finances, and equalizing your position wherever you are. Let's change how the story ends. The information discussed in this podcast does not take into account your personal, financial, objectives and situation. Before acting on any information discussed here, you should consider its appropriateness, having regard to your objectives, needs and financial situation. This episode, we discuss the Gen Z woman, a story told by remarkable Gen Z woman, Azaria Bell. Azaria was a rising star long before she entered financial advice formally. As a student, she started a YouTube channel to increase the financial literacy of her generation. Today, she's an associate advisor at Sky Wealth, the host of the podcast Gen Z Money, and still continues to educate her communities via Instagram. So Azaria, welcome to the very first episode of Your Money Story. Um, firstly, I want to say a big thank you for you know being my very, very first guest. Um, but I couldn't think of anyone else that could talk on this topic better than you. And that's about the Gen Z woman. Um, oh, so thank welcome, you so Azaria. Much, thank you. I feel, I feel very privileged to make it to the first episode. So thank you for having me. You do so many things, right? So you've you've been on the radar in the financial planning industry for a while now. Um, and, and you started even while you were studying. You know, it didn't stop you from going out to talk towards your audience as well. Can you just tell me a bit about yourself professionally and personally, Azaria? Yeah, so I first, when I was in university and I was studying business, um, I made a YouTube channel, I think in my second year of uni, all about study tips and how to save money because at that time when I was at university um, I wasn't able to get hex so I had to learn pretty quickly how to save money um, and budget and things like that and I started helping out my friends to do similar things and I thought oh you know what would be easier if I just put it in a video put it out there and then anyone can go and watch it and I'd have to explain it 20 times. (laughs) Yeah and you, you did it so well as well so would you say that YouTube was your first platform to really get out those um, you know those topics that you thought was important? Yeah absolutely Um, so after starting the YouTube channel I found out then about financial planning Um, so I switched my major I started studying financial planning um, and then I ended up winning a scholarship um, in my third year which let me work in a firm in the Brisbane CBD um, which was amazing experience and unfortunately the YouTube channel took a bit of a um, sideline because I was just so busy with studying and working full-time yes um, but yeah so after working in the industry for a little while I was recently last year offered the opportunity to host a existing personal finance podcast yes um, which is the Gen Z money podcast so I now yes. do that on the side as well so check that. So our listeners um, could be of any age range. I think they're women who just want to find out more about the different topics that mean to them as well. So I would say that if you're younger, definitely subscribe to that that Gen Z podcast. Um, if your parents, you know, go back and tell your kids to do that as well. So it's not specifically for women. It's just really for the Gen Z um, group, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So anyone around 25 and under, yeah. um, we just focus on the real basics. So at the moment, we're doing a first home buyers mini series where I'm talking to different property experts about what to expect when you're buying your first house. We talk about things like buying your first car, um, starting to invest, just all the real basic 
um, foundations of personal finance for those that are just kind of getting a start. Perfect. So, Azaria, you, um, I'm not going to assume your age, <laughs> but I would say you're on the cusp of, of Gen Z and Gen Y. But would, would you say that you identify as, as a Gen Z um, in the Gen Z group? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So turned 24 last year. So uh-huh. I think I'm just just within Gen Z. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, what what strikes me about you as well, and, and, and just let us know whether this is something that's aligned to your generation as well, is that you just went out to pursue the way that you wanted to communicate to people like you. You just went out mm-hmm. and did it, right? So you didn't care. <laughs> About what was being done in financial planning um, yeah. you just went out and went I'm going to do something that works maybe because it's not there anymore do you do you think that's reflective of the Gen Z woman yeah absolutely I think um, social media is obviously a huge part of that for me and for many Gen Z women mm-hmm. so that's my language that's my natural language is social media so it wasn't even a question of is this unusual to be trying to educate people through Instagram that's just how I've kind of been raised in the digital world so it was a really natural process for me Um, but yeah I think that's always kind of been my mindset is if I think it's a good idea I'm going to do it and if it doesn't stick then I'll stop but so far it's paid off paid in dividends oh no you're 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 absolutely setting the pathway I think for what financial advice should be as well it should be really flexible and it should be able to speak to many groups of people so you know your content just really fills the gap that's there because I don't think I could do what you do um you know and oh, you're great on Instagram Dawn I love your Instagram oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> with my 300 followers it's, it's quite pitiful but you know <laughs> uh, I was looking at Instagram and and you know you've got over two and a half thousand um, followers on there, really strong, um, really good content. I was watching that video that you did about your book review and why you didn't get through it. I thought that was yeah. so honest um, about, you know, why you're being rubbed the, the wrong way. And I, I think I identified with that as well, because sometimes mm-hmm. there's some finance books I don't like being dictated to. Um, yeah. I prefer the um, collaborative approach. So if someone's going to give me advice I want you to let me in and I think that's what the aim of this podcast is is that you've got a safe space um, no one here is going to tell you what to do but we're going to be able to make it safe enough for you to find other resources ask questions um, you know get in touch with either one of us to continue that journey of growth um, so I yeah. think you you are an example Azaria so th- so thank you for showing us who've been in the industry um, how to do things I think is very refreshing (laughs) oh thank you and I'm still learning I think recently as well I kind of had the realization that I think I put too much focus on um coming across a certain way on social media and now I'm just if I have a thought that I would share with my friends then I'll share it on my Instagram story as well and just trying to be a bit more candid and show my personality because I was thinking about it and people don't follow information they, they follow personalities that have the information that they need mm-hmm. um so if you're trying to come across as too polished people just can't really relate or connect to that yes so that's kind of what I'm trying to focus more on and um that's actually been really driving engagement so it's been a good result yeah I think there's there's this conversation that I've had with a number of people and they kind of go you shouldn't bring anything personal um onto your social media if, if mm. it's for a business platform, right? And for me, I find that really hard because um, the biggest strength that each of us have is, is the fact that we are ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only thing we can utilize um, because I can't be you, you can't be me. Um, and, and why would I try to be someone else or trying to, I would say, numb that perception of 
the fact that we're humans, you know, like mm-hmm. we're not robots. Um, so, you know, I use LinkedIn quite a bit, you know, so maybe that's not quite a, a Gen Z thing yet, like Instagram, mm-hmm. maybe more so. But LinkedIn, you know, there is this perception that you've got to look a certain way. Um, I quite enjoy just putting on content that maybe doesn't make sense on LinkedIn. <laughs> Because but obviously it drives engagement. People people love that. People love seeing people being brave enough to do something different to the norm. Well, yeah, I think it's it's more like what's the worst that can happen, right? Like you make a decision or what's there, like what's the worst that can happen? So I, I would say as well, the conversation I've had with some uh, younger advisors, um, because on this this episode is it's it's about you as well being an example for younger. Um, advisors, but also talking to the Gen Z women about what they can do about their finances. So mm-hmm. I would say for anyone coming through and finding their voice, you've actually got a lot to give this industry. Um, use Azaria as an example of, of, you know, just feeling, using whatever skills you have, bring it forward and communicate with your audience because each of us have a very distinct group of people that we can help. Um, mm-hmm. So if that's one thing that we can communicate with this or whether younger advisors can hop onto all the different ways that that you are out there on social media, they can get an example of how they can start expressing themselves because that's that's come up, you know, when we do men- mentoring and things like that, um, some people are still finding how they want to portray their voice. So if there's someone in that situation, Zaria, what is your advice to them? So they've, they've got an area they're passionate about, they've got a point of view, but they're afraid to make that first step. What would you tell them? I think one of the biggest barriers and one of the things that I've been slowly overcoming is there's this pressure to, when you're putting out your message, to look clean cut, make sure you say the right things, script what you're going to say, make sure your makeup's on, your hair's done nicely. And I find that's the biggest barrier to actually getting content out there. Um, when I'm worried about that, it takes so long to set up to make a video or do a podcast or take a photo for yes. Instagram. Um, the more you're concerned about looking perfect, the less content you're going to make. So if you can be brave enough to be as you are on social media, show up with no makeup um, and set that standard that you just you are who you are and you've got a good message and that's actually what's important, you're going to have um, a much better result. And probably the second thing that's really kicked in for me in the last couple of weeks, so I'm sure any Gen Z listeners would know the struggles of phone addiction. Um, (laughs) My screen time has been absolutely horrendous. And I noticed that the higher my screen time is, the more time I spend on social media, the less I'm actually posting because I'm so much less inspired. I'm not getting inspired from scrolling on my feed all day. Mm. So I've actually taken a, a different approach of only using social media when I'm posting something. Um, and I saw a really good quote recently and it was create more than you consume. Mm-hmm. So I've now set myself a rule that if I'm going to consume by being on Instagram, I need to be creating something at the same time to make okay. sure the output is the same. Um, and that's really pushed me and the more time I've taken away from my phone the more inspiration I have and the more things I have to share with my audience. So I think finding that balance is also really important. No, that's a, a, a key point because we're talking as well also about mental health issues around, mm. um, yeah, screen time. I think one thing that I can speak for as someone who's, who's I'm on kind of the cusp of Y and, and X, it's just that you run your own race. So I think the, the danger of social media is that you can believe that someone is just, you know, doing so much better than you and, and, and therefore you are not, 
good enough. Um, so if there's a message that I can give from one of the, the generations above the Gen Z is that you are enough um, and you can only run your own race, you know, so whatever you are doing is whatever you can do. Um, and, and like you're saying, if you're limiting yourself and, you know, create more than you can consume, I think that's a really healthy way to look at it. Um, yeah. And that keeps you on track to what your vision is. You're not being derailed by someone else's vision. Um, yeah, absolutely. And social media, I think, is completely what you make it as well. So say, for example, Instagram, we keep using Instagram because that's probably where I, I just know, you know, the most about. But um, when it comes to Instagram, you can have a feed that's that brings you down. You can follow people that you are envious of or you can have um, just follow toxic accounts that don't make you feel good. Oh, yeah. But you can completely um, to have a spring cleaning of your social media accounts and make sure that they're somewhere healthy um, and somewhere that you actually learn from and you're inspired by. So maybe do a bit of an audit on who you follow unfollow people that aren't um, healthy for you or aren't making you feel good and replace that with content. So I love content of people that um, they post, you know, mental health content or they post inspiring quotes or a lot of personal finance accounts as well for accountability. So build your social media to be somewhere that you actually enjoy being um, and not somewhere that just brings you down. Very, very, very good advice because uh, you don't want to have burnout you know you if that's the way if you're going to venture into that area mm. to um, show more people who you are and what's important for you we don't want you to be burning out as well because you know it's getting toxic um, or you're consuming too much and then losing focus on where you are Absolutely. Um, Azaria what do you want your legacy to be? I think for me it's all about empowerment for young um, young Australians so I want to be known as not only the person that people can go to to find out information, but also they can go to to find out other people that also have great information. Mm -hmm. So when I first started in YouTube, I really wanted to cover everything. I wanted to be the person that talked about ETFs and investment properties and insurance. I wanted to be the expert on everything. And now I'm learning that there's actually so much value that comes from championing other people's um, knowledge and incorporating that and bringing that to your audience. So I'd love for people to know that if they if they find me on social media, if they find me in person, I can get them to where they need to be, either myself or through someone else. Um, but yeah, it's more for me, more than anything, just uh, empowering young Australians to get financially educated because the sooner we do that, the less likely we are to be falling into the traps of debt um, yes. dependence or and we can essentially, with good financial education early on, we have a lot better chance of, um, ending the cycles of poverty for a lot of people as well so mm -hmm. definitely just getting into people's ears early to encourage them to make better decisions and make um, informed decisions on their own accord that are going to lead them to a better uh, better lifestyle. That's a powerful legacy to <laughs> want to leave behind um, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense you know for me uh, when I see younger people I think you can fix things really easily just because you've got a long time frame ahead of you, you know, yeah, so if, a lot of us could go, oh, if we could turn back time, if we had a time machine and we could change some of our habits, um, we, we would, right. But we're not at that point. Um, mm -hmm. The Gen Zs have the opportunity to set their futures right. Um, but they just need to take that first step. Um, you know, I'm just amazed that there's not enough financial education there for people in high school, Mm -hmm. um, even at university and TAFE. Uh, so you're filling that gap, that much needed gap that's there. 
Um, and if you can get through to those, uh, that group, you know, to change their outcomes, that is so powerful, Azarius. So tell our listeners, if they're not really Gen Zs, you know, who is the Gen Z woman? Mm, I think the Gen Z woman is misunderstood, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, I think in general, my generation, they're driven by purpose okay. um, primarily. So purposeful work um, is a huge priority for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can often be misconstrued as people, you know, they're not wanting to work hard when really they just want to feel like they've got some meaning in their work and yeah. in their life. So I think a lot of my generation, they're looking for meaning in what they do. They're, they've got a lot of pressures coming from all sources, uh, social pressure, you know, which a lot of that feeds through on social media. Um, and there's also uh, with these social media platforms and everyone having a voice, it's so easy to be misled on other people's success and feel that pressure yourself. So I think Gen Z women have a lot of pressure on them, a lot of pressure that they put on themselves um, and they're looking for that meaning. But yeah, I think the Gen Z Z woman is uh, just looking for meaning in what they do. And I think that's probably the most misunderstood um, element of of Gen Z. Okay, what what do you see um, as being their obstacles with money. So I, I resonate, I'm not Gen Z, I resonate with the purpose-driven part of life. I, I, mm-hmm. I get that. What do you think, what money struggles are specific to them? I think probably with any generation, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dawn, mm-hmm. but um, there's still in 2021, the pressure to keep up with the Joneses mm-hmm. um, and yeah. look, you know, look like you're successful more, more often than actually doing the work to be successful. So I think um, a, a huge obstacle to my generation and, and a lot of, of my own friends as well is wanting to look a certain way. So wanting to have a nice car and have a nice house and um, have nice clothes and all of those kind of things. But the more you focus on that, the further you are from actually achieving the success that those yeah. things bring. Um, so I think that's probably one thing. I think previously it would have been a not knowing where to get information on financial mm-hmm. education, but thankfully that's now changing quite rapidly with the rise of podcasts like your own Dawn, um, YouTube, uh, social media accounts. There are much more people out there talking about personal finance and making that more accessible. So I think that's really good. Um, it's just really important that the Gen Z woman has people that she can look to similar to herself mm-hmm. that do know about money and can relate to them on that level. My, my observations is that there's not a lot of content there that includes a lot of people. It's actually designed for a set group of people. Mm-hmm. I think we have an idea of who that is. Um, and, and then everyone else kind of falls to the side. And, you know, I even take issue to the term that women are less financially uh, literate. I think mm-hmm. it's just that we've been communicated to really badly. So, you know, it's 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 like, do you blame um, the person that's supposed to be understanding bad content? Um, or, or do you actually look at how content has been delivered? You know, are we actually inviting people to the table and say, let's have this conversation, let's learn together, let's do it a different way? Um, so again, I, I think the resources, even the resources that you put through are absolutely fantastic. Um, what other resources 
would you suggest to the Gen Z woman to help them on their journey? Um, I think I personally love podcasts and there's so many great personal finance podcasts out there now. Um, so that's a really good place to start. And if you are on social media, find some social media accounts that are promoting financial education and financial empowerment, just so that, um, I mean, social media is a place where we all spend a lot of time now. So you might as well make that a, a place to learn um, and, and encourage yourself and surround yourself with people that are financially empowered and financially mm -hmm. confident. The more of those people you have in your online spaces, the more that's going to encourage you to have that confidence for yourself as well. Azaria has amazing content. So honestly, if, you, if you're <laughs> looking for ongoing resources, connect to her on Instagram, um, which we will put those details through as well. Um, in terms of tips, right? Because you've got many tips. You've got many tips on your podcast and on Instagram as well. <laughs> so if we could narrow it down to three tips our listeners can actually implement right now or mm -hmm. someone is listening right now can go back to their daughters and say, hey, look, just three things you've got to do and you're going to set yourself ahead. Azaria, what, what are the three things they could easily implement to make a powerful difference to their futures? That's such a good question. So the first one I'd start with, and ironically, this is actually something I've only started this year. Um, I've always thought that I'm, you know, I'm a really good saver. I don't spend much and I only spend money on what I value, on, what I value which is true, absolutely, that minimalist um, mindset. But I decided this year to start expense tracking. Okay. Now, in the past, I've had um, budgeting apps and all of that kind of thing, and they kind of just categorize your transactions for you. But I found that I wasn't really mindful of how much I was spending because that was all happening behind the scenes. So I now use an Excel spreadsheet and I actually found this um, spending tracker spreadsheet through TikTok, very Gen Z of me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing. So you put in all of your expenses and your income and it um, gives you like a monthly, how much you've saved, how much you spent and all the categories. And I know for me personally, actually having to sit down, go through my transactions and type on my laptop yeah. what I've been spending money on makes it a very conscious practice for me. Yes. And I've found lately, even um, recently, I've been thinking, oh, I need to go get my hair cut. But then I don't really want to put that into my spending tracker because it's not <laughs> so good right now. So maybe I'll just YouTube how to trim my own hair. <laughs> so things like that. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, being conscious of your spending, that's the number one place that you have to start. Secondly, again, keeping it basic would be structuring your bank accounts in a way that makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. So if you've got one bank account for everything and then one savings account, it can be really easy to accidentally spend your bills money. Yes. Um, so I think for the structure that I use is I have my transaction account, I have my bills account and I have my savings account. So mm -hmm. in the bills account, all of my direct debits come from there. If I go to the store and I buy groceries, I pay with a card that's connected to that account. That's only for the essentials that I need to get by. Savings, that's pretty obvious. That's where I put my savings and I try and put the same amount away every pay. Mm -hmm. And then my transaction account, whatever is in there, is mine to spend on absolutely whatever I want. Um, I think it's really important to have like a guilt-free bank account. Yes. So that you're not it's just like a diet, you know, if you go on a diet, <laughs> it's so easy to just binge yep. um, because you, you're craving, you know, a treat. So having a guilt-free spending account. Is so you're really basically really saying important. be realistic, like don't, don't go from one extreme yeah. to the other, find That's some it. middle ground. Yeah. 
exactly and again like I just relate it back to diets we all know how that goes when you go from yes you know <laughs> eating whatever you want to suddenly only eating salad it's just not sustainable so yeah. find that healthy balance mm-hmm. um, and then the third thing I'd say which is really important is um, educate yourself and find resources around investing mm-hmm. um, that's probably one thing that I wish I I was taught about in school so that I could prepare myself for when I did turn 18 because um, it was always such a daunting thing for me and mm-hmm. I thought that I didn't have enough money to invest but now it's more accessible than ever you can start with really small amounts so for anyone listening just um, look up some resources learn about investing and even just start with as little as $50 yes. just so that you can understand how market fluctuations work become comfortable with the level of risk you're willing to take on um, and just start small. You don't have to throw all of your savings into an investment account at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as long as you're kind of, you're understanding that and you're learning about that early on, it's going to mean that when you are making more money or when you do have money to invest, you're a lot more comfortable because you've got that experience with a small amount. If we're looking at simple and wanting to understand investments, you can look into your own superannuation account. You know, if you're working part-time, um, you would have started a superannuation account. So start looking at the investment profile that's there, um, you know, look at the returns, look at what the fund profile is telling you. Um, and that probably will give you your, your first um, already set up investment experience. Um, so true. Yeah, and then you can start also questioning. I think um, you're talking about the Gen Z woman and having a purpose-driven life. Um, the, the fact is that a lot of people don't realize that you can align your superannuation according to your personal objectives. You know, so um, a lot more women are bringing up wanting to have ethical investments, for example. And some people don't care. They're fine. They, go, they want to go with something that's really low in fees. But the, the thing about it is you can actually really invest that money that is a f- reflective of your hard work from day to day. Mm-hmm. You can invest it in a way that reflects who you are and what your value system is as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just thought if I could sneakily add in my <laughs> superannuation. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, if you, that's a great way to learn about investing. You probably already got an investment in your super. So log yes. in and have a look at what that looks like. That's a great point. I mean, how do you feel about the Money Smart website? Oh, I love Money Smart. That taught okay. me so much when I was starting out. Yep. Just really unbiased, general, mm. clear, in, easy to understand information about all areas of personal finance. I think that's definitely the first stop for many people that are getting started on their financial journey. Okay, perfect. So I, we've got endorsement of the Money Smart website by someone <laughs> from Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, there, so, if someone from Money Smart is listening, you're doing a great job. <laughs> yes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Because we talk about money smart and, and I find one of the, the issues is that people are not taking that first step to even go to their first resource. But I think mm-hmm. once they start the journey of, of looking at what's available out there, they'll be pleasantly surprised that um, that content has evolved a lot over the last number of years where they are trying to get things that are more inclusive to everyone. Coming towards our last question. Okay, this is something I've heard from younger people when I've, I've done seminars and things like that. Um, now, they, they say sometimes this is a comment, that they want to live their best lives now. They don't want to have to wait till they're older. Um, So something like superannuation, which is there for retirement, they feel is irrelevant to them because they'd rather make the memories now and and do what they have to now. Mm -hmm. I see the other end of it because I see the stats around, especially women, uh, if they end up single um, at retirement, there's a good chance they'll end up 
in poverty. Why should the Gen Z woman care about her money story now? That's such a good question. And I think I I'm completely on your side, but then I also completely understand the other side of the coin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know when I first started out in my financial journey, I was on the end of the spectrum where I would not do anything, like no social events. I would just be saving money, just studying. And I mean, it was great because I saved a lot of money, but I, there was a good couple of years of my uh, like late teens, early 20s that I kind of missed out on because I was so focused on that. Yeah. So, and then there's also the opposite end of the spectrum of spending everything and enjoying life too much and not having anything to show for it. So mm-hmm. I think it's all about finding that balance. Um, but I think if people, if people listening can just spend a little bit of time, the best way I would say it is imagine the lifestyle that you want to have in five years time. Don't mm-hmm. worry about what job you'll be doing okay. um, or any of the logistics about that, because that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself to have it all figured out. But envision the lifestyle that you want. Um, ask yourself how much, how much income generally would you need to support a lifestyle like that? How much would you like to have in savings? How much would you like to have in your super or um, in your investments by like, say, age 30? So that's that's a big motivator for me is what do I want my financial situation and my lifestyle to look like at age 30? And what do I need to be doing now to make sure that I can achieve that? Because it's all good and well to, to have a great life, you know, in your early 20s, but yes you want to make sure that you are at least putting some money aside or putting some thought towards what you want the next chapter of your life to look like. And I know for me, and it won't resonate with every woman, but Mm -hmm. um, I really want to make sure that when I have kids one day that I can support them to follow their dreams in anything they do. So it's really important for me to have that um, strong financial basis to empower them in the future. Um, So, yeah, I think enjoy life now but also make sure that you're going to be enjoying life in five ten years time as well maybe not thinking about what exactly you want to do now but thinking about the other goals you want to achieve down the road as well Um, especially if you're saying the gen z woman is purpose-driven they've got things they want to achieve you know they want to change the world in whichever way that they feel that the world needs to be changed Mm -hmm. Um, how do you reconcile even a longer time frame so if now we're asking the gen z woman to think about how she's going to be when she's 65 what, how, how do you, I suppose, get, the, get her to imagine the life she wants at that point and what she has to do now financially too? Yeah, I think going back to Money Smart, again, mm. a great resource. I love the calculators that they have on there. So occasionally I'll, I'll jump on there and I'll put in there, how much have I got in super now? Yeah. Um, and how much do I need to put in there to have X amount by the time I'm retired? So that's actually a really fun way of um, getting serious about your finances oh. is doing that that planning and um, imagining the different scenarios that you could have in the future. So I think for me, as as a Gen Z, my focus is obviously um, make, making money from, from avenues that I'm really passionate about, mm-hmm. putting away money for investing, putting away money for saving, making sure my super is aligned um, and just working hard. So every year I see as a new chapter So 2020 was one chapter that I finished. I'm happy with what I accomplished in that chapter. Mm -hmm. 2021 is a new chapter. What am I going to do to level up this year? I think if you're leveling up every year, you're working really hard to to manage your money effectively, make more money um, and use it wisely, you're going to be putting yourself in a position that if you can keep up that momentum Mm -hmm. starting this early, 
um, considering that many people, you know, they don't have this realization until they're in their 30s or 40s. If you can start young and start doing the right things now, that's going to really take care of itself by the time you get to that age and just make sure that every so often you're checking in, um, where am I at? Is my net worth increasing? Is my superannuation um, going going well? Mm -hmm. If yes. you can have those regular check-ins with yourself. And I know for me now that I'm doing spending tracking, it's every month I'm having those check-ins. Yes. Um, you can make sure that you are on that upwards trajectory. Thank you so much, Azara. You've, you've helped me, even someone like me, my, my, my age group, get a little bit insight <laughs> into the Gen Z woman. And, and I think I think the world's in safe hands because I think they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna steer the ship the right way. Um, oh, thank you. The the theme for International Women's Day is choose to challenge. Um, so before we end, I just want to find out what do you choose to challenge this year? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think I'm right now. My head's in the mindset of choosing to challenge. Uh, image probably mm -hmm. on on social media and just in general uh, worrying less about how how we perceived and yes. worrying more about being genuine authentic to yourself um, and being brave enough to put that out there into the world that for me has helped significantly with my own mental health and it's helped me connect with other people that are doing the same mm -hmm. um, I think if we can all be unafraid to be Unapologetic, unapologetically ourselves, Yes, um, we're going to have a much better year. Thank you so much, Azaria. So you can find Azaria on Instagram. It's Azaria Money. Um, mm -hmm. Is it Azaria.money? Is that, yes. is that, yes? Sorry, I'm, I'm new, to, <laughs> new to Instagram. So <laughs> <laughs> probably. Okay. Um, so, and, and you can find um, her as well on Gen Z Money as well, the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. I just Googled Azaria Bell and I felt a whole lot of stuff came up on Google. So Google's <laughs> very much in support of Azaria. You'll be able to find the YouTube stuff. You'll be able to find everything else as well. Uh, thank you again for being my first ever guest. Uh, a brilliant way to start off the season of your money story. Uh, thank you, Azaribel. Thank you so much, Dawn. Thank you for joining our Circle of Stories. Subscribe for new episodes. Let's change how the story ends.